Welcome to the Center Bench Sports Podcast, where four washed-up athletes now sit around and scrutinize sports. Starting at Center Bench, we have Mikey, Luke, Peo, and myself, Luca. So I, I have a, an embarrassing story to tell you guys. I think, Peo, I, I told you this, but... <laughs> I haven't um, heard this one. Did, does anyone watch Queen's Gambit? I tried to. I couldn't get into it. I, got, I finished it. It was fantastic. Did, did you? I finished yeah. it. Really? One, one day I finished it. <laughs> <laughs> one day and a half. One day so, and a half. <laughs> I'm shocked, Mikey, actually. I did it for Jill. (laughs) (laughs) Did it not make you want to play chess, though? (laughs) Yeah, so all all I've been hearing is how hyped this show is. Matt was talking to me about how he was crushing it in one day. So I decided uh, one Saturday night on a weekend, I'm not going to go out. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to sit in in my bed and watch Queen's Gambit. So I'm scrolling down Netflix, and I, I see it pop up. I'm like, oh, perfect. Click on it, and I'm watching. I text Pale right away. I was like, holy shit, this first episode is long, eh? And he, he said something like, yeah, it, they, they get shorter after that. Yeah, because it was over an hour. So I'm like, yeah, it's definitely long, but it does get shorter. Yeah, so I'm like, okay. And then there's this long music video going on. And I'm like, what's what's happening here? I was like, maybe the plot line takes a long time to develop. The only thing I know about the show is there's a girl that plays chess. So anyways, I fall asleep. The next day, I put it back on. I watched the entire thing two hours and then at the end of the episode i'm looking for the next episode button and nothing pops up and i was so confused i go back and i'm like searching for it again trying to find the next episode and i found what i was watching and turns out i watched a two-hour bollywood film called (laughs) the queen (laughs) where where an indian woman got dumped the day before her wedding And she goes on a honeymoon to Paris alone and meets a bunch of people in a hostel. Hey, didn't you say you watched that last night? <laughs> and Pero said, that's my favorite movie. <laughs> At one point, like, you didn't see any chess for two hours. Did not clue in? Man, that's what I was pissed about. I was so excited to watch this girl play chess. I was like, all right, when does the chess start? I'm thinking in my head, I was like, maybe the entire plot is a chess game where, like, she's moving to France just like the pawn is moving. <laughs> I, was, I was starting to get into my own head. It was all a metaphor. <laughs> so that's my that's uh, so my embarrassing story of the week. But I actually watch it after, and I think it's great. What episode are you on now? I think I'm on like episode five or six when her uh, her her mom. Spoiler, Spoiler alert! <laughs> wow, we can edit that out. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, wa- I tried to watch episode one and just I just think chess is boring. Sorry for the chess players out there, but it, I just I can't get behind it. It's a lot more than just chess, yeah. though. Like what she kind of goes through. I don't know. I I personally really really liked it, but you went through uh, the same thing, eh? Taking those green pills. <laughs> <laughs> Matt woke up every morning as an eight year old. <laughs> There's one scene where this nine year old tranquilizers breaks it breaks into. Wait, the wait store. is this a spoiler? let's uh stop talking chess yeah. and let's talk real sports now. exactly so let's i want to take it to the bench we're going to switch it up here i know last week we started off with some football so let's start it off with some basketball i know that's mikey's favorite sport <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get it. Uh, all around the world uh, to the beach you guys hear about the news today yeah what did you think you honest is gonna come to toronto still or no <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, I never really thought he was coming to Toronto. I thought there was a chance, and I thought that's yeah. what would keep Masai here, but I'm not surprised. The, the thing is, too, I think like with Giannis signing, obviously, I think it's what the Supermax is five years to $28 million, uh, total. Yeah. 
with that, everyone's saying, yeah, well, Giannis is staying for in Milwaukee for five years. He has signed for five years, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going right. to play his whole duration of the contract there, right? So, I mean, by the look of the money that he took, what is it, over 40, 45 million per year? No other team could have offered him that. That's going to be really, really hard to turn down. Yeah. A worst case scenario, I think, once Milwaukee doesn't even reach the finals this year, once they don't reach it next year, after the two years, I think he's going to want to move on after that, similar to a James Harden situation, signing the Supermax that he could, and now he wants out. So yeah. maybe he's not coming to Toronto next year, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe in years God. I don't know. Sorry for you guys. I don't know, Perry. Now you're sounding like a Leaf fan. Yeah. <laughs> hopeful, <laughs> a hopeful Leaf fan. <laughs> they, they couldn't pull off the JT. No. The problem is nobody wants to come to Toronto to play basketball. Unfortunately, that's to me... Like Kawhi didn't really want to come. He was yeah, forced to. He, did he enjoy it? Yeah, I think he did. I think a lot more than he expected to. Yeah. But Toronto doesn't seem to be people's first place. It's tough. It's the and Giannis, he was yeah, he yeah, was Greek too, so he had they had that element. But it's hard to get, I think, an American basketball player to come play in Canada. They think we live in igloos. I think the Raptors, to build their future, need to build through the draft, which they have. And then, then they also need to build through trades like they also have. And that's, yep. that was the recipe for them winning the championship. Mm-hmm. I don't see them signing any big free agents. Maybe they get one or two um, if Masai is still with the team. But I don't think that's the way they build their team. Yeah, no, I agree with that. They, they did it once. Um, can they do it again? I'm not sure, but that the route of getting, you know, free agents, big free agents, uh, I don't think is likely for Toronto. Well, speaking of uh, Giannis, did you guys see the SI's top 50 rankings and he's on the 27th spot? I think that's kind of questionable. I'll take it to the bench. I want to hear you guys' opinions. I think that's pretty questionable. He's been in the league for seven years and you're already ranking him inside the top three to ever play the game. He's a great player, no doubt. Back-to-back MVP wins. But it's for me, it's too small of a sample size of a career to automatically just say he's already in the top 30. His first three years in the league didn't really do much. He's only really come to life these last these previous four seasons. So I think he has to do it for another 10 years to, or I guess 10 years max, but anywhere from like six to 10 years to really deserve that ranking. He's ahead of guys like Steve Nash, who Steve Nash won back-to-back MVPs as well. He's ahead of a guy like Allen Iverson, who really I would say in some ways transform the game of basketball so I think that's a little too high of a ranking in my opinion right now anyways I don't I think it's premature like I think if he got injured and could never play again I don't think he deserves to be at this point right but at the same time like you made a good point with Steve Nash he's got a similar resume to Steve Nash this early on in the career which shows how dominant he is he has back-to-back MVPs but Nash never won a defensive player of the year Nash never went to the NBA finals so like once again you could question whether nash deserves to be there based on that as well but at the same time like small sample size but for him to be doing a lot with that small sample size tells you how dominant of a player he is for sure more so playing devil's yeah. advocate here but yeah so with the season starting next week i think it would be a fun little activity if we just kind of went through some <laughs> some interesting teams to see how many wins they might get we're all degenerate gamblers here so we love some over-under bets, prop bets before the season. Um, starting with the Toronto Raptors. So 72-game season. The Toronto Raptors, the over-under, Vegas has them set at 42.5. I'm going under there, boys. I don't see, like I said, I don't see this top five starting lineup doing anything and winning over 42 games with this current 
lineup? Um, I thought the 42 was a little bit low, to be honest with you. Wow. Um, Mike? Like last year in 53, in 50, uh, sorry, in 72 games, they had 53 wins. And as much as I love to hate on them, I don't think they've gotten 11 wins worse. So I think the biggest thing to come out of that is Mikey being uh, optimistic about a Raptors season. Uh, so the next one I have here, the Milwaukee Bucks, pretty big number, uh, 50. Myself, I have the over here. I think that's being extremely optimistic, but pretty similar to what Mikey said with the Raptors over the 73 games that they played last year. Milwaukee had 56 wins last season in 73-game season. I don't think Milwaukee got six uh, get six losses worse than last season. Um, if anything, they got better with the addition of Drew Holiday. So I, I expect Milwaukee to have another big seat, regular season, that is. Playoffs, the jury's still out there, but I think for the 50, Milwaukee should be over that number. I'm on the same boat as Peo. I think that they're over, but it's slightly over. Like it's a, yeah. it's a really good number, and I wouldn't touch it. But I think it, they're right, probably at 50, 51 games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they had a super dominant season last year. I don't think they're going to be as dominant uh, of a team in the regular season this year. So I would take the over, but slightly over. And then maybe is this the year that they sort of learn that the regular season doesn't mean as much exactly. as they think. Good point. It, it's yep. not yeah. that important to be first. Yeah. Exactly. All right, the hottest team in the off season, the Brooklyn Nets. I am, this is an easy number, 45 games with Durant coming back in his revenge tour. Are you kidding me? 45 over. Let's do it. Um, I'm the, on the under on this one. I think there's a lot of question marks, and it comes down to how quickly you think they can all gel. Like, Because on paper, this is a 45-win team over easily. But like uh, was said earlier, the load management for KD, I think, can be a factor. The chemistry between Kyrie and KD could be a factor. The coach... He's a new coach, never coached before, and Steve Nash. And I don't know, do they have enough role players and do they have the right ones to complement those two stars? All right, so we just talked about the powerhouses in the East. Let's talk about powerhouses in the West. We'll start off with the, uh, the Lakers. They have, they have penciled in 48.5 games. The over-under, what do you guys think? Yeah, that, that's a tough one too. Like similar um, conversation to Milwaukee. Uh, we talked about Milwaukee potentially figuring out load management and managing the season better. I think the Lakers have that figured out. LeBron has done that year over year. Um, having said that, I, I'm still going to take the the over. Um, I think the the West has weakened up a little bit this year. The Lakers have found their step. They've added depth to their team. They've upgraded at, at smalls and at bigs. Um, so I can see them gliding in the regular season. But it's that's tough. Tough to say and how much load management goes on, but I think that number is going to be close, but I would take the over. Uh, so yeah, I'm on I'm on the under for the Lakers. For me, I think the load management piece is going to be huge for the Lakers. It's not that long ago that they were just playing Miami in the finals. What was it? A, a month or a month and a half ago? For the Lakers, LeBron especially, the regular season doesn't really mean anything. So I think he's going to do whatever it takes to really rest his body for the playoffs. Same with Anthony Davis. I think you're going to see a lot of load management from them. I won't. I don't expect to see them in a lot of back-to-back -back games. Having said that, the playoffs is a different story on how they think they're going to perform. But I actually don't see the Lakers being the top seed in the West in the regular season. Who do you have as the top seed in the West? Top, top seed in the West. I'm, I'm still debating. I, I think the Clippers are going to be there for in the regular season. I think last season in the regular season, they didn't do what they should have done and they didn't look as impressive as they should. But now they got another year under their belt. 
they have a new coach so maybe generating his style of play might be better suited for Kawhi and Paul George with the addition of Serge Ibaka that's going to help as well I think the Clippers are going to have a strong regular season so I can even see them leading um, leading the West in terms of regular season rankings all right so let's go to the the next LA team the Clippers they have them at 46 and a half what do you guys think I have them over I think they have something to prove and now that the Lakers are under um, that's even more reason for me to be on the Clippers over and I think they are a top seed in the in the West Um, and the Rockets have taken a step back like Luke said uh, I think they're out to prove something with how last year ended and all the controversy of Paul George not gelling, Kawhi, not, some of the players not liking the special treatment he got. I think this year they get on, it's their second year, and they're over the total. 46 and a half, I think they'll be over that number. Okay, so let's, let's get off the teams, and now let's start thinking about the individual basketball players for the 2021 pre- predictions. We're going to start off with the MVP. What, what's everyone's predictions on that? Luke. I think it's an interesting year for MVP. I think it's the first year in a while it's kind of been wide open. A couple of reasons. Number one, Giannis is on back-to-back. I think it's super tough to win three years in a row. Harden's future is really unknown. I think Luka is definitely the betting favorite, but at the same time, there's a ton of pressure on him this year. Uh, The last couple of years, people weren't expecting Dallas to do much. So I think if Dallas as a team underperforms this year, which is potentially likely, um, I, I don't think that he takes the the MVP race. Uh, my pick, and some may consider it a dark horse, but I think Damian Lillard is going to win the MVP race this year. So last year he was third in points per game at 30 points per game and fifth in assists per game. Uh, and he improved from the year before, so he improved five points per game. So his trajectory is looking up. Uh, I think he has a clutch gene, which has the ability to make headlines when you have the clutch gene, when you're shooting buzzer beaters, people are talking about you. I think you need the headlines to win the MVP race and the splash plays. I also think he's on a little bit of an island with Portland. Um, The team mostly runs through him. The team has gotten a lot better. They've added some some good players and pieces, but at the end of the day, the ball runs through Damian Lillard. Um, So I think because of that, I think he's the most valuable player in the league. I have Luka. Um, just because the three guys after him and Luke touched on it, they've all already won MVPs. Some of them multiple MVPs, some of them back-to-back MVPs. Uh, and Giannis, and I'm a firm believer that it's you have to do more to win the MVP again than you do your first time. And for Luca, it would be his first time. So I think he has that advantage. Pale? For me, I'm going uh, heavy with Brooklyn, so I'm going with Kevin Durant. Yes, he's coming off a pretty serious injury with his torn Achilles. But if you th- obviously he we don't have recency bias to remember how great of a player he is. Kevin Durant, I would say arguably when he's at the prime of his game, he was competing with LeBron James as the top player in the league. Um, there, for me, there's no more of a clutch shooter than KD when it comes to those clutch moments. You can always rely on him to make a shot. Um, other than his rookie season, KD has never averaged under 25 points in a game. I can t- I can see him averaging 26, 27 points next season. Um, he's going to have Kyrie Irving with him as well. Um, that's only going to make Brooklyn as a team better. So I'm, I'm pretty high on Kevin Durant. I don't know. I hate the Durant one. That's terrible. <laughs> what, what, why is I, Kevin I Durant he, as an MVP terrible? Load, man, I, I, load, I man, load management. I don't, I don't think saying Kevin Durant, a guy who's averaging the points per game that he does in his career, a two-time NBA champion, already winning the MVP, yeah. is a terrible MVP pick. 
There's no way he's going to be at 100% this yeah. year, this season. I just feel like I agree and with Matt on that, the MVP. I, f- I have Kevin Durant. I just think he's going to go, like I said before, he's going to go on a revenge tour. He wants to be the best NBA player um, thus far, and I think he's just going to try to kill it every game and um, prove the doubters and, and be that number one guy in the NBA. And I think he's going to show his more value as well because he's going to be a more of a versatile player. I heard him say in an interview that he's looking at playing a little bit of center when they go small ball. Um, with with Yoke, um, sorry, with Luka Doncic, th- that's the favorite. That's that's an easy case to make. He's the odds-on favorite, right? I see both sides. Like I think it's very hard to go on a revenge tour when you might not have full confidence in your leg. But I think there's also a sexy story in, in Kevin Durant. And I talked about like making splashes in the headlines. Like if Durant yeah, comes out point. back from the injury, it's a lives, sexy story for him to win the MVP. He yeah, wants, voters he were going to eat that alive. Yeah. We just uh, finished talking about the MV- MVPs, so let's talk about the Eastern Conference Championship. Peo, what do you what do you think? Uh, for me, coming out of the East, I'm going with the Boston Celtics. I was really impressed with Jason Tatum, and I think he continues to improve his all-around game. Uh, I think he's going to lead them to a finals appearance. Uh, Kemba Walker is going to be out for a bit of the season, uh, I believe a month or so. He should come back for playoff time well-rested. Um, Jalen Brown looks poised to get an all-star nod this season. I know he was snubbed last year. Marcus Smart continues to impress with his high IQ, his strong defensive play. Brad Stevens, I think he's a top three coach in the league. I think after the experience that they got with the Miami series last year, I think they'll have what it takes to overcome that hump and make it to the uh, NBA Finals. Mike, what do you think? I got the Nets. Uh, I think come playoff time, everything gels. They turn on the heat. Durant's at 100% now because he'll be resting all all season. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I got the Nets. Yeah, I've, I know it's not a sexy pick, but I've got the Milwaukee Bucks. I think this is the year they take the leap. Uh, when we talked about the regular season, I think they do figure it out like LeBron has in the past. They rest up and they come prepared to play in the playoffs. Um, I think they got a huge addition of, of Drew Holiday and I think a very underrated addition of, of DJ Augustine. Um, and I think the pressure is off them a little bit. You have the Nets coming in, but the Celtics were hot last year. Miami obviously made a run in the playoffs. So the pressure is off a little bit, especially with Giannis likely not to win MVP again. Uh, so I think this is year the Bucks take the leap and go to the, the NBA Finals. I'm going to take the Nets, like what Mikey said. Um, I'm high on Durant this year, and I think with his revenge tour, he's going to uh, kill it and then make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, guys, what about the West Coast? Luke, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think it's uh, short and sweet for me. It's the the Lakers. They're the best team in the league, and they had the best offseason. They're the defending NBA champs. I think they win the West. Does everyone have the Lakers here? Yeah, I tried to think of points and and ways to defeat the Lakers, but I couldn't. Yeah, same. Uh, I don't think George is a a good enough second piece for the Clippers. I disagree with you, Mike, but I fucking can't. Uh, (laughs) I can't. I can't go. I can't stay away. I'm with Luke. I'm on the Lakers. Yeah, I'm on the Lakers. Same points as you guys. They they only got better. They still have the best player in the world. So no reason to think they're not going to make it there again. Unfortunately, I think the bench agrees with the Lakers. Uh, so what about the N- NBA championships? What do you guys think? Another another simple one for me. I think the Lakers repeat. I think LeBron gets his fifth ring and he inches closer to the goat conversation. And I think those conversations start to tilt in his favor. I think the Lakers win the NBA Finals in six games. Couldn't have said it better, Luke. I think LeBron's getting his fifth ring. 
separate discussion. I already think LeBron's already uh, <laughs> pretty well poisoned that kind of discussion, but this is just going to solidify a little bit more. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see anyone taking down the Lakers. They're going to repeat. I got the Nets. I got the Nets too. Oh. <laughs> Again, Durant completes the whole revenge tour, gets his ring, and solidifies him. As yeah, a, like as uh, both those guys will be so motivated to beat LeBron. Okay, this week we have a new segment, Fresh on the Bench. Uh, we're going to do a yearbook superlative center bench edition. Uh, so basically our most likely twos, but we're going to have some fun with it and put our spin on it. So I'm going to kick it over to Matt to, to run us through them. All right, so we have five here that we're going to run through. It's in multiple choice format, and we'll go round table. First one, most likely to leave with your prom date. Your options are A, Austin Matthews, B, Charles Leclerc and C. Jimmy Garoppolo. Luca, kick it off. I'm going with Mr. GQ himself, Jimmy G. The guy's an absolute man rocket. If I was a girl, I would say yes to his prom date. Would you leave your prom date for Jimmy G, Luca? (laughs) A thousand percent I would. The guy's a stud. He's an NFL quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, and he's maybe the best-looking guy in the NFL. Luke? Yeah, on this one, I'm unfortunately agreeing with Luca. I'm also going Jimmy G. I was tempted to go Charles Leclerc, but I see him as more of like a wiped up kind of guy that might not have it in him to take home somebody yeah. else's prom date. Jimmy G's got a, another level to him. That yeah, it looks it, like a little fuckboy. Is my prom date a porn star? <laughs> because if she's not, probably Jimmy G's not interested. <laughs> so the obvious answer, Charles Leclerc doesn't have it. You can tell he's too much of a nice guy. Nice, guy, nice guys finish last. And Matthews takes it home easily. I don't know. That's an easy answer for me. Matthews will take a girl. So next one we have here, most likely to swim with their shirt on. (laughs) Options are A, Phil the Thrill Kessel. (laughs) B, Bortolo Cologne, Grit Grinder himself. C, Charles Barkley, Mikey. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Phil Kessel. I think... Uh, Bartolo Colon is s- sexy. He's <laughs> Bartolo Colon is comfortable in his own skin. Yeah. The way he pitches, you can just tell. I think he would pitch without his shirt off if he could. Uh, and Charles Barkley, I don't know. I've, Kessel strikes me as more of a shy guy. Yeah. Um, I think he's swimming with his shirt on. Luke? I was going to say the same thing because I think Phil plays it off like he doesn't care about like what other people think, but I think he actually cares a lot. Like you said, I see Bartolo Colon just doing a nice cannonball into the pool with no shirt on, maybe even no trunks on, to be honest with you. Charles Barkley, I was on the fence about. It was between him and Phil for me, but I ended up going with Phil because I think he's more insecure. Luca? I'm going with Phil, too. I just feel like he's he's self-conscious, and I think he gets um, chirped by the boys everywhere he goes, so... I- He'll probably wear a shirt because he doesn't want to get he, chirped. He he would he knows too if he gets caught without his shirt off. Like there's a thousand pictures on the internet <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on his off season. Kessel, oh my, is he twenty pounds heavier than next year? Yeah, you know he knows he's not stupid. He knows like the media is gonna eat that yeah, up. He's just self conscious. I'm point. going with Kessel. I, I wish it wasn't unanimous, but for all the points <laughs> you guys said, <laughs> Phil feels too uh, feels too shy of a guy and insecure to uh, to go tarps off. <laughs> Uh, next one we have here, most likely to cry during sex. Your options are <laughs> A, Kyrie Irving, B, Nick Kiros, tennis star, C, Sean Avery. Uh, I'm going, 
<laughs> I'm, I'm going to with Sean Avery. I don't buy his tough guy persona. You ever see his face every time? It's so shiny. He just he weirds me out, and he's the type <laughs> of guy who I feel like he'll cry during sex. I just I don't like the guy, and he's, his face is always shiny. So I'm going with Sean Avery. Going that Nick Kiros guy. I don't know. He's arrogant. He probably I think he has a, talks a big game, but behind closed doors, I think he's got a soft side. He's crying. Yeah, I see. I almost went Nick Kyrgios too, but I think he cries more about losing than about like having an intimate moment. Uh, I'm going Kyrie Irving. I think he has deep thoughts about the world, the flat earther himself. I think he gets very romantic the way he plays on the basketball court too. Uh, dribbling, he's got the ha- best handles in the league, so I think he sees the world in a romantic way, <laughs> and I can see him having a nice ball session during sex. For me, I'm going Kiros as well as Mikey. I know you say he, he cries when he loses, Luke, but I think in the bedroom, whoever his partner is, she's losing just being with him. <laughs> and maybe he might feed off that as well. So I think I'm going with uh, with Lost Kiros lives. there as if well. If she starts crying first, does it count? <laughs> <as you're crying? laughs> is that it? <laughs> Next one we have here. Uh, most likely, this is a long one, so I hope I word it properly here. I'll, I'll go nice and slow. Most likely to respond, thanks, you too, when the girl working at the front desk at a gym greets you by saying, have a great workout. <laughs> We've all been there. I actually say it all the time. Uh, I was going to say, is Matt on the list? Yeah, I'm not taking that. I, I put myself as D option. Uh, first option, we have A, Joe Flacco, B, Chris Bosch, C, Connor McDavid. This is an easy one for me. It's, it's Joe Flacco. This guy's never been good at anything in his entire life. <laughs> never mind saying hi. I think he's an awkward dude. Never got a prom date. We're talking about prom. He's never got a prom date before. So I think he walks in all nervous and jittery. Sees a girl that's probably pretty good looking. And he, he says thanks you too i'm going with mcdavid did you guys see that that picture of him yeah, being stopped I was, I was <laughs> his parents in the that, airport yeah. he was caught off guard i think he's been sheltered his whole life he's always been the star you know in school and everything he's always been like the number one player in ontario number one player he's gonna go number one they've been talking about since he's probably you know 11 12 years old um i think he is a little bit awkward so yeah, i think he's the guy i'm going with joe flacco totally agree with luke very awkward guy He's going to do that 100%. But. For me, it kind of pains me to say it. I think Chris Bosh, he was one of my favorite players when he was in the league. Guy's a traitor. <laughs> Anytime I see the guy, like he just makes you cringe sometimes in some of the settings that he's in. So some true. of the things he says, his body language, the facial expressions. Very suspect, to say the least. Yeah, so unfortunately, I'm going to go with Chris Bosh. So last one that I have for you guys, most likely to use a bath bomb while taking a bath. Your options are A, Cristiano Ronaldo. B, Tristan Thompson. C, Jordan Spieth. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, for, for me, I'm, I'm going with Jordan Spieth. Um, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. Everything, when he's on tour, just screams that he's into prim, proper, taking care of yourself in any way. I'll go Tristan Thompson. I think he doesn't do it because he wants, but he does it for for the ladies. I think that guy's a sucker. Uh, he, would do, makes them, man. he would do something like that, yeah. He would FaceTime Chloe and put the bath bomb in and try to act all proper. <laughs> I think he's a big enough sucker to do something like that for her. I'll go Tristan Thompson. It, it was so hard for me not to pick Jordan Spieth here, but the only reason I didn't is because the biggest diva on the face of the planet is here in Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Guy probably takes more baths per capita than any anyone in the world. So I'm, I'm going Cristiano Ronaldo, and I don't think it's close. Hello out there.
Alright boys, are you ready to talk some NHL? Mikey and Peo, I know you're itching over there to, to get this started. Let's do it. Alright, so something that came up in our group chat when we were talking was the Tampa-based salary cap situation going on. So currently around $2 million over the cap, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. Uh, so they've got two important RFAs to sign in Sorelli and Cernak. Um, so they're going to have to dump some people. They might have to trade some people. What, what do you think they do here? Oh, I'll take a first crack at it. I don't know. It's a tough situation. Uh, I tried to look at it and see how many ways of it they could get out of it. Um, first, I think they got to dump Tyler Johnson. They've already tried to uh, by virtually giving him away on waivers and nobody yeah. took it. So it's, a, I think, given the cli- climate of the NHL right now and how a lot of owners don't have permission from their owners to take on any salary. Uh, it's going to be hard to move Johnson at $5 million for the next four years. Uh, but I think you got to attach a first rounder and you got to pay the price. Toronto did with Marlowe a couple years ago. Uh, so I think that's move one. So now you're, you freed yourself up $5 million. Um, and one angle I took, more than the obvious, because I think that another obvious, the second way to go about it and the obvious way is you get rid of one of Yanni Gord, Kalorn, or Palat. Uh, they're all in and around the five million dollar range. So then, all of a sudden, you freed yourself up ten million minus the two that you're already behind. Uh, for eight million, you can get Sorelli and uh, Krunak signed. Uh, but one point I want to make is: what about trading McDonough? He's already thirty-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's at six point seven five for the foreseeable future. I think for the next six years. Um, I think his value has never been higher after the Cup run he had. If you want to actually get something, and then you got to rely more on uh, Sergachev and Hedman to be your guys. But I think this is the offseason where his, his value is never going to be higher. So if you're going to do yeah. it, you got to do it now, even though there might be a couple good more years left in McDonough. Um, My only I, thing with that, and I, I'd be curious to get your take, if you do trade McDonough, do you then just kind of open yourself up to another hole on the back end then by doing yeah, so? Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but the, the other option I found is you get rid of Johnson and then you got to get rid of another forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're you're not as light as you. Sh- they have a lot more other forwards that can fill in. Um, but yeah, that was the only other option I could fi- figure out was a McDonough yeah. option. Yeah, it's fair. I think it's something that I consider too, but I'm just reluctant with moving a, a top end defenseman. I know he's 32 years old, but. I think you're just you're giving yourself another need then by moving him. I like the idea of you obviously have to get rid of Johnson. That's the easiest one. Um, I like your idea of I think you have to attach a draft pick to it. 100%. First round, first rounder is probably you'll get lucky to attach a second. But a team like the Red Wings, I think, would be best suited for that. They have a lot of cap space. They're at the bottom of the cap uh, floor. So I think a team like that, and they want to get young. They're obtaining draft picks as much as possible. Um, so dumping them off there. Uh, my next move, I was debating between Palat and Kalorn. I know you had mentioned them. Those are It's mm-hmm. it's the obvious picks. I'd actually go with dumping Palat over Kalorn. A couple reasons why. Um, Palat's a left winger, Kalorn center. So I, I kind of value having a, a centerman over winger. Wingers, you're more likely to replace it with a cheaper option. If you look at Palat's uh, production throughout the years, ever since signing his contract in 2016, he's been very injury prone. So mm-hmm. hasn't been you haven't been getting a lot from him during the regular season and in playoff time. Uh, and his production's been going down. Alex Kalorn just, I think, is off a 30-goal season, if I'm not mistaken. So 
you don't want to take out a, a 30 goal score out of your lineup for essentially uh, cap space. Um, so I think the best way to approach this one is by obviously getting rid of Tyler Johnson, attach a draft pick with it. Um, I think you got to trade uh, Palat. Cool. So yeah, you guys are on similar pages. I'd say. Going on to Vegas, another interesting cap situation. So uh, do you think we, they can start the season without making any trades? Do they have a lot of money tied up in goalies right now? Um, well, I think they have to just in order to get their full roster and under the cap, they're going to have to make some sort of move. Um, I know Leonard's going to be out, I believe, for a month or so to start the season. So you'll get some salary cap relief there. I think he's $5 million he signed for per year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Fleury, I think, is at seven. So I think eventually they have to trade Fleury, it looks like. They just signed Leonard to that extension, $5 million per year. They're not going to move him. Fleury's the obvious choice. He's older. He's has a higher cap hit. Um, I don't necessarily think they'll trade uh, Fleury before the season starts just because they, they want someone there um, while Leonard is rehabbing. So I, I think in terms of a big splash like that, it's probably not going to be until month or two or maybe at the trade deadline that they shed uh, flurry salary. And there's there's not really a market for a goalie right now. That, um, the only team maybe I can think of, is that's why I say maybe the trade deadline, maybe a team like the Carolina Hurricanes, where if they're in a position to uh, make a playoff run, they want to solidify their goaltending, they might look that way. The other name that I've been hearing a lot out there, and I'm sure you've probably heard, is Max Pacioretty. I'd be kind of reluctant to let a guy like Pacioretty go. He's a consistent 30-goal scorer, uh, 20 at the minimum. Um, but I, I, for me, I think they're, they're probably going to do maybe some minor moves, third, fourth liner, dump salary that way. Um, but eventually they're going to get rid of Fleury's contract. So- I, I don't think they're going to be able to get rid of Fleury. I think they've tried. All of a sudden, it seemed like they've they've decided that Fleury's no good. And I know I his play dropped off a little last year, but I don't know. Like he's not he's a loved guy. Everyone loves Fleury. I, I'd keep him if I were that. I just don't I know don't when they decided movie. all of a sudden Fleury we're not gonna win Fleury. Let's go get somebody and let's pay Leonard five million before even moving Fleury. How much is Fleury right now? What did he Seven for another I, two years. He's already thirty seven. Nobody's taking him. Nobody's taking on fourteen million. I think I think by acquiring Leonard during the trade deadline last year is more of just like insurance, like to have a, a tandem in case. But the way he kind of played uh, at the end of the regular season, for whatever reason, I guess Pete DeBoer I wanted to give so him a shot. Yeah, I think I don't think that happens with um, uh, with uh, Gerard. Gallet. Yeah, thank yeah, you. I, I, I want to know where you guys would want to play if you were a pro hockey player in the NHL. Mikey, you can't pick Toronto, and Peo, you can't Peo, you can't pick Pittsburgh. Uh, just to refer back to last week's episode, obviously there's some biases between Toronto and Pittsburgh, so those teams are off the uh, off the market. Yeah, and, and just to be clear, this it's not current team, current coach, just like historical franchise and city, and city, the yeah, lifestyle, fan that you, base. yeah, fan base. That's what I based it on. I'm yeah. strictly going for lifestyle, <laughs> strictly. <laughs> Pay why don't you start? This might come as a surprise, and it's probably going to make Mikey happy, but <laughs> I, I, I had a, a, a tough time debating between Toronto and the New York Ooh. Rangers. Um, right. Obviously, two big market teams, two original six teams, historical franchises. City life, if you're ca- comparing Toronto to New York, very similar in that regard in terms of nightlife, restaurants, events that you can go through. I think what made me solidify my pick um, was just being a hockey player and you get to walk down the street and having fans come up to you and you have that acknowledgement. I know some people don't like it. They like to go under the radar in markets. 
Um, but for me personally, I kind of thrive off that. And another thing which I do like playing under is like a high packed pressure situation. Playing in Toronto with the media scrutiny, you're at the center of the media attention in terms of the hockey universe in Canada. Um, I, I'd say Toronto for me. <laughs> I went with Chicago. Um, I think it has a rich history. I love the city when I visited it. Um, I think it's one spot in the States where hockey does matter a lot and they do care for their Blackhawks. Yeah, for me, it would be Chicago. And for second and third, I had the Rangers as well and Montreal. For Montreal is a lot of the same reasons as you said Toronto. Uh, they're very similar in terms yeah. of hockey cities. Yeah, I think those are good answers. Um, <laughs> I did it kind of like a weighted criteria. So I have um, the city slash the weather within that city was the highest for me than the franchise and then the fan base. Um, I like it. So I, I actually had Colorado. Oh, um, wow. I, you like that mile high, No, I, I think Colorado's, I've never been. I've heard great things about it. Beautiful city, skiing in the winter. You're up, you're up high in the mountains, beautiful city. I think the fan base, um, they've got a solid fan base because of the history that they've had. Some of the players that have come through that town, I think it would be a, a solid city to, to live and play in. Um, and, and wear that beautiful jersey that they wear. I did have uh, Vancouver was a close second for me, and, and then Phoenix, um, as as you Phoenix know, my, my first criteria was the city and the weather. Phoenix would be an awesome That's city to live one. in. I actually typed out LA Kings, but then I deleted it, and I'm going with Dallas, and here's why. Oh, interesting. I don't have to pay any income tax. Good point. The cash is mine. A good lawyer can get you around that shit. <laughs> I still think that. I know, but I don't have to worry about lawyer fees. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> cashing in my checks. I'm doing what I want. The fan base is really, there's no fan base, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. Uh, I can do what I, what I want. Uh, the weather is decent. It's pretty hot. I can get season tickets to the Cowboy games. And plus, there's cowboy, there are cowboy boots and Cowboys hats. I can rock both of them. And the, da and the downtown core is unreal. I've been there. It's a great time to, uh, to when, have a beer. When have you ever rocked a cowboy hat in your life? I think I can. So let, me, let me rephrase. I think I can. Yeah, you think you can pull I have, it off. I have, I have worn a, a cowboy hat. When? I have pictures. We can post it up in, the, in our Instagram. Okay, interesting. Um, I like your point about the uh, tax situation. That's, that's something uh, we all kind yeah. of slept and on. I, and I feel like <laughs> all the big players... the Cayman all, Islands. Yeah. All the big players are doing it, like... Uh, Joe Rogan, uh, Ian Musk is just moving to Texas. Ian or Elon? Elon. <laughs> Sorry, Elon. <laughs> Elon Musk, Joe Rogan. All, all these guys are going to Texas for, for a reason. I think it's because of the impact. No, I, 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 think, I think it's a good pick, actually. I kind of overlooked Dallas. It's a good city. Boom. All right, guys, we're bringing back one of our favorite segments. It's the random bet of the week brought to you by absolutely no one. <laughs> Not yet. So last week, the Bench Boys placed their hard-earned cash on some Russian table tennis. I believe Mikey won that one, yep. and, and we all went 0-1. and one. The, the, young, paid out. the young Russian prince, Botkov, <laughs> came through for me again. Pronunciation. That, that's, yeah. Yeah. You've, I've you've been practicing. Yeah. <laughs> it's still not right. But. <laughs> So this week we're changing sports from, from Russian table tennis. We're going to do darts, and it's an important week in the world of darts because the PDC World Championship of 2021 is kicking off. 
Uh, and we picked a match that we think is going to be relatively close. So we have William O'Connor facing Neil Zonenveld. So William O'Connor, the Irishman, is ranked 10th in the Pro Tour qualifier. And Neil Zonenveld is a Dutch guy, young, young stud who squeaked in into the international qualifier. William O'Connor is the favorite here at 1.57 odds. And Neil Zonenveld is at 2.37 odds. Mikey, who are you taking? Um, before I'm going to release my bet just that quickly, I don't <laughs> give it up that easy. Um, I have a couple points. William O'Connor, he lost to Mike Van Gerwen his last match. If anyone knows about Mike Van Gerwen, he's called Mighty Mike. He's number one in the world. If you ever watch him on TV, he's electric. <laughs> um, and a big point, which is good, is one of the reasons why I picked who I picked, but um, Zoneveld unfortunately had COVID recently so he missed the european world championships and this is his first world championship debut so i think a lot of nerves he hasn't practiced properly he's had covid he's had other issues um i think he's a lot missed a lot of training his nickname is zigzag i don't know doesn't sound like a good darts nickname to me (laughs) so i'm all over o'connor heavy i know it's only i think last time i checked it was like a 157 but i'm willing to lock in william o'connor 25 bucks 1.57 lock it in for all the points Campy said, I didn't know that about um, I didn't know that about uh, the COVID situation. So I'm hopping on Mikey's back and going with O'Connor as well. Yeah, I've I've got O'Connor as well. I've got some a couple different points here to name off. So Zonenveld is coming off an impressive win. So he beat James Wade, which is the seventh ranked darts player in the world. So he's got it in him to to come out with an upset. Uh, but at the same time, he's four and six in the last ten games. O'Connor's now made it to Alexandria Park for his fourth straight year, and he's made it into the second round two years in a row. So he's got some steam. He's got he's got some experience, and I think the experience is what's going to get him. Not necessarily COVID. I think Zonenveld's recovered from that, but I'm still going heavy on O'Connor. Uh, darts is a pretty physically demanding sport. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think O'Connor. I'm locking in 25 bucks on O'Connor. It, you guys are absolutely cowards. I'm going with Zonneveld, <laughs> the underdog. You know why? The guy's coming off. He's coming in at the age of 22, ready to throw some darts. Yes, he's he he had COVID, but he's 22 years old. <laughs> and he's been practicing at home. There's not much to do when you're in COVID. You're locked up. You have a dart. I'm sure he has a dart board at home in the basement. So he's going to be firing off on all cylinders. He's also left-handed, guys. Left-handed dart thrower? Are you kidding me? It probably has a lot, tons of practice with his left hand. Uh, so maybe he's a switch hitter. <laughs> Zonneveld is my guy. Lock it in. Let's go. Twenty-five bucks on Zonneveld. To the flying Dutchman. Never just a little positive thing. point on Zonneveld because I did kind of, you know, bash him. Unfortunately, he had COVID, but his Twitter's pretty inactive. I looked it up. He doesn't <laughs> tweet much, in. so he doesn't listen to the media. He's locked in. He's ready to load. Are you kidding me? So hey, you know what? You're getting over two. I like twos. You know that. But I'm still <laughs> all over Connor this week. On any given Sunday, you can find me on the couch at 1 p.m. I'm ready to go, rock and rolling. I already had my pregame nap. I'm all good to go. But Luca, were you on the? Were you ready to go at 1 p.m.? Unfortunately, the Cowboys played at one. Yeah, and I'm pretty upset about this. But um, unfortunately, I was in the lineup at Toys R Us. I actually streamed the uh, the game, waiting in line. The kid, some kids were looking at me like a psychopath. I'm fist pumping in the lineup. I didn't have great service. It kept on coming in and out. Um, <laughs> so I think. I'm going to have to talk to my girlfriend about this, but I believe errands should be done before 1 p.m. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm a big believer of that. Yeah. 
th- it's a must. <laughs> yeah. I think I would go as far as to say is that line there, Aaron's done before one should be on a t-shirt. Yeah, We're going to trademark that, I think, boys. Yeah, I think so. Answer. Aaron's before one. Merch is coming soon. I bought all my candles around 11, 30, 12 o'clock. By one o'clock, I was had my big sweatpants on, feet up. Frozen I, hate, I, hate to, I hate to give Frozen her shit. Frozen came out about 3, <laughs> I hate to give her shit because she's a great girl, but like, come on, man. Are you kidding me? Kayla's going to kill you. Yeah, someone, someone call Chris Carter. That deserves it. Come on, um, man. Um, and then just a... I was also at Ikea another week. Where, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, this is a pattern. Yeah, I think this was a one-off. Yeah. I, I don't forget. Why it don't you week, just wake up earlier? It was week two. I mean, I don't know. It just it always happens. And there's especially with these COVID lineups. I'm in lineup. I'm trying to stream the game. It's 102. It's about to kick off. I'm sweating. And I'm, I'm in the lineup for Ikea. Like, it, it's... It's ridiculous at this point. I'm starting to think it's intentionally done at this point. (laughs) What was your Saturday like? I don't know what I did Saturday. <laughs> you better run a marathon. Yeah. All, yeah, this could have all been done on yeah. Saturday. <laughs> on, on Saturday, you're sitting on your thumbs. You yeah. Yeah. All right, before before she kills me, before she, does, before she kills me, let's move on to our NFL talk. We are going to start with, ooh, this is a juicy question. Are the Steelers' wheels falling off after losing two in a row? Luke, I want you to start off. Yeah, to be honest, I'm I'm pissed oh, I'm pissed off wow. right now. I'm wow. I'm not I'm not saying yes to the question, but wow. I, I'm pissed off and I think things need to change. The Steelers haven't scored over 20 points in their last 3 games, and they haven't scored a point on their opening drive in the in the in the last 4 games. So that tells me one thing is when you're not scoring on your opening drive, it goes down to your opening script, which is scripted by your offensive coordinator. I think that's one reason. The second reason is the receivers got to get their shit together because I have never seen so many tweets. I've never seen so many TikToks, and I've never seen so many drop balls. <laughs> like it's it's time to put the Twitter fingers away, and it's time to start playing ball games and catching balls. Deontay Johnson, after being talked about all week, comes into the game, and what does he do? Drops two passes in the first quarter, and Mike Tomlin benches his ass, and rightfully so. I would have benched him for the entire game, and I'd bench him next game too against Cincinnati. You can't be dropping balls. And then Eric Ebron, after the game, comes in and starts talking with Josh Allen and congratulating him smiling in a post-game interview absolutely unacceptable for an organization of this standard and should not be tolerated by mike tomlin and then the third piece is ben roethlisberger's got to start playing better i think ben has had a good season when you look at the numbers he's still a a top seven i would say quarterback (laughs) top 10 but i'm not taking the blame off him because he's got to start playing better when you look at teams like green bay teams like kansas city when the rest of their team isn't playing well they rely on their quarterback to win them games and ben hasn't been able to do that having said that i think they get it together i think the team has the coaching to do that and mike tomlin i think tomlin can pull them together the undefeated season in my mind wasn't going to happen anyways i think it's now very evident and now i think it's back to them winning ball games also having said that they could have very well beat buffalo having played that poorly the defense put them in a position to win that ball game right like the they only scored 26 points and six of those points were off of a pick six so the defense did their job they did start falling apart in the second half but josh allen potential mvp in this league one day so i think that's that happens uh i'm not expecting the defense to be stout the entire game they did start crumbling but at the end of the day i i had no confidence in the offense to come back back onto the field and win them the ball game which is exactly what happened right so i think i'm pissed off i'm a very frustrated steelers fan i think people need to be called out and things need to change 
but I'm still optimistic about the future. They may not be a top five team on paper right now, the way they're playing, but I think when it comes to the playoff time, they will finish in the top five in the league. Do you hear that, Pittsburgh? Smart nap. I mean, that's the first time I ever heard a Pittsburgh Steeler fan actually acknowledge how poorly they're playing. I don't know. One part that bothers me, though, is the offensive coordinator, Flack. Before that, when they had, what, Todd Haley, was it? Yeah. You, yeah. you were saying the same old things. They got to fire him. I think what, what's Ben's Todd Haley look, doing right and now? You touched, it, you touched on it, but I think Ben's got to look himself in the mirror and stop blaming the offensive coordinator for not for not being a lead and not being on like a top five, top ten level. Um, I don't know. I don't think the problem is their offensive coordinator. I think... They're getting pretty much all they can out of Ben. What about their their run game, that, or their lack of a run game, 31st in the league in terms of yards per game? I think they're averaging 89 yards a game. Doesn't that have to be talked about as well? Are, are you able to win, just even based on what you're saying, Luke, on the way Ben's performing, and Mike, you're saying the way Ben's performing, if he's performing that poorly and they have no run game, how are they expected to win the game? So the six first six games of the regular season, they average over 120 yards per game. They have a former pro bowler in, in James Conner. So I think they have the capability to get there with a run game. But this is another point for me that goes back to the offensive coordinator. I know he's an easy scapegoat, as you said, but I don't think they're putting themselves in a position to run the ball well. I think they're very predictable when they run. They're very predictable and passing short every time. At the end of the day, the opening script is your offensive coordinator's opening script, and it's not getting them down the field, and it's not getting them in the end zone. Yeah, no, those are all valid points. I don't know. I think, obviously, like you even touched on before, too, they weren't like an 11-0 team. I think they've regressed more back to what they are, but I think they can get through this adversity. I think they're well-coached. Um, and I think the next couple of weeks are going to tell you a lot on where they are. Because right now, I, I still have them ahead of the Browns and the Colts, but those are two teams that they play. So, yeah. you know, if they lose both those games, okay, then it's time it's time to start worrying in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right now, I still have them both ahead of the Colts and the Browns. So I'm interested to see how those yeah. two games play out. I agree with Mike. Just looking back, I know they can't control their schedule, but let's look at their 11-0 schedule and the Steelers' cakewalk. I have it right here. So week one, they beat Daniel Jones. They barely beat the Broncos in week two. They beat Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans. We beat Carson Wentz, who is benched right now. <laughs> um, beat it, beat the Browns. Okay, that's fine. They killed the Browns. They killed the Browns. Yeah, thank you. Don't call it a rivalry, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the hell is a rivalry they, they about beat, that? They beat the Titans, but if I'm not mistaken... Weren't they bailed out by the refs? Wasn't there a questionable call that week? Okay, but the problem I have is with what you just read off, probably written by Colin Coward himself, is like (laughs) when things are phrased like beat Bill O'Brien and the Texans, you could phrase that as beat former MVP and Deshaun Watson. Yeah. You can't can't phrase shit like that. At the end of the day, winning 11 straight games is tough in this league. It's professional football. To me, that's but that's a garbage. They, they've take. lost. They don't have a signature win. That's not. I don't think their no, fault no. as much as it no, is. They don't make not, the like they haven't had a sexy win. Like why they haven't bringing beat. it up is because now if they do lose against, would you say the Colts? What's Colts and the Browns. I think those and are two games. Lose, if they lose those two games, I don't know. I I don't. I was strong on the Steelers until I saw this schedule, and I was like, holy. I think in terms of ifs, too, if Ben turns it around, if they start running the ball yeah. properly, Ooh, right? True. I just, looking ahead, just basing off how they've been playing, I don't have the confidence in them that they're going to turn it around anytime soon. But I could be wrong. Yeah. The co- the confidence I have in them is that they have been there at parts of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And 
and maybe you do put that on coaching even though we all we all agree i think that mike tomlin's a good coach but we have seen flashes of it in the season where the the offense looks like it's a lead and it's got one of the most talented offenses in the league and then there's other times in the season where they look like they couldn't beat our newman football team so yeah i think you've seen flashes in it with it i think they've won a lot of games where they've played poorly so i do think if they put it together then teams should take notice with the talent that they have um but right now they're they're not playing up to standard Speaking of playing up to standard, Bucks beat the Vikings 26-14. I want to bring it to the bench. Is Brady back on track, or did he just get lucky on Sunday where Bailey missed a bunch of field goals? I wouldn't say he got lucky. Even if Bailey would have knocked down the field, the three field goals and the extra point, that they still lost by 11. Um, but with Tom, we've kind of seen this script throughout the season already. He'll, he'll shit the bed, comebacks, has a strong game. Shits the bed, another strong game. Shits the bed, gets in a fight with Bruce Arians, then comes back a little bit stronger. So for me, I'm I'm not sold, and I'm a big Tom Brady fan. Uh, I'm not sold that he's turned it around this season yet. Um, I need to see how he performs these last three games to feel confident that he's able to throw the ball down the field over 25 yards or more in a game, not just screen passes, chuck downs for 5, 10 yards. Um, so I, I still need to see a little bit more from Tom before I'm comfortable saying that he's back on track. Yeah, no, I, I agree with a lot of the points you said. I don't know. I thought he, I thought he's looked good and he's getting better. And there's always that, that, I guess it's not a cloud over his head, but something that if he gets it all together, watch out because they have the weapons. Like all the pieces are there for them yeah. to have like a, a Super Bowl winning team. He Their defense is more. good. He has two, I would say two stud receivers, a good O-line, a nice running back. You know, two good tight ends. Two good tight ends. He's got the most talented team in the but league around. But it's week fourteen. Him, why yeah. isn't it meshing? I feel like it's not meshing as people would kind of predict. Maybe Tom and Bruce Aarons don't see eye to eye on how a game should be or an offense should be run. Yeah, or maybe Tom Brady's just old and doesn't have it anymore. So I want to talk about that crazy Browns Ravens game that we just witnessed. Matt, you made the point about the the Steelers run game and can they do it with the run game or can they do it without Ben playing well? But I think offense makes flashy headlines, right? When you looked at that Ravens and Browns game last night, where was the defense? We like we've everybody's everybody says defense wins championships, but nobody nobody's going to talk about the Browns or the Ravens defense couldn't stop a nosebleed last night. Both those defenses looked awful. Yeah. And when I think about a more important piece to winning a championship, I'd probably take a defense over a run game. But nobody's going to talk about that. Everyone's going to talk about Baker Mayfield slinging it and Lamar Jackson coming back into the game while he's taking a shit. Like <laughs> I think the offense makes the flashy headlines and that's why the Steelers are getting a lot of the tension along with the fact that they were an undefeated team but that game last night was brutal to watch on if you're a defensive coach Uh, and I think that's something to watch out for those both teams going to the playoffs I think it was one hell of an entertaining game I think everybody who's going to talk about that because it's entertaining to watch you know two offenses going Potentially, okay. the, potentially the game of the year, but this doesn't mean that we... In case that was even better than the Rams-KC uh, game a couple yeah. years back, the Monday Nighter. Yeah. In terms would... of a, a dramatic entertainment. 100%. Scoring perspective. Ravens covered. That's all that matters. Yeah. crazy I was sick to my stomach. Yeah. I had Cleveland Browns plus three and that <laughs> stupid safety i was losing my i lost sleep i couldn't sleep <laughs> did you notice the announcer say like I mean, you brought it up luke six times like the ravens won by five the ravens just to screw it in me i was well, gonna throw my tv across the room. 
Cleveland missed what an extra point and a field goal. There's your there's your cover yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Talking about both those teams, do both the Ravens and the Browns get in in the AFC? Like, what do you think? Who do you? I, have? Right now, I have the Ravens getting in and the Dolphins falling out. Interesting. I have the Dolphins losing two out of their next three games. Yeah. They got the Pats, the Raid at Oakland and at Your Buffalo. Raiders, eh? I think they either lose they lose to the Bills, and I think they either lose to one of the Pats or the Raiders. Okay. So, and I think uh, the Ravens. I like their. It was Jags, Giants, and Bengals. Yeah. That's three W's. Yeah. yeah. So I think the Ravens are in. The Dolphins are out. Yeah. yeah. For for me, I, I have the exact same. I have the Baltimore Ravens in. Miami Dolphins out. Um, how it is now slated Casey Bills I have the Steelers winning the division although if Cleveland was able to pull out that win I would have had maybe a different conversation yeah, just penciling it in there um, and I have the Colts in, in the division I, I, I picked them in the beginning of the year so I have to ride them um, so those are my division winners in the AFC followed by in the wild card Cleveland Tennessee and Baltimore all right yeah. let's go let's move on to the NFC uh, Pale, go. You can go ahead. Let's see what you got. Uh, NFC. I think it's pretty sorted out. The only thing I was debating on is maybe that last wild card spot. Um, so I have Green Bay, uh, the Rams, Saints, Washington as division leaders uh, for the wild card spots. Seattle, Tampa Bay, and I have the Arizona Cardinals in that spot. I was I was going back and forth with Minnesota. Um, I think Minnesota has a little bit tougher of a schedule. Don't know who they have in the last two games, but I know they have Chicago this week. And a divisional game can always go either way, especially with Chicago's defense. Um, Arizona Arizona has the more favorable matchup. Um, so I think they'll get it together. They had a nice win against the Giants. Kyler Murray looks like he's finding his groove again from earlier in the season. Um, so I have Arizona locking up that last wild card spot. Mike? Um, I have the Cardinals falling out. They got Eagles, Rams, and 49ers. I think they potentially could lose all three. They think they could easily lose two out of three. And I think the Vikings finish eight and eight and they get the last wild card spot. Um, Everything else stays the same for me. Um, I don't know. Washington's won four straight. Now they have the Alex Smith controversy. Not controversy, but is he not injured? Yeah. Yeah, With Dwayne Haskins. I don't know. I could see maybe the Eagles. Obviously, there's not two teams coming out of that division but i could see the eagles sneaking in um over washington but i think the the cardinals like we said last year they're not there yet i think they struggle in those last three games the i think it's it's turned up the intensity a little a little bit in the last three games here as we get ready for the playoffs um so i think the cardinals are out and the vikings are in i agree with mike i have the vikings at the seventh spot i got la rams first green bay second saints third washington winning that division uh, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and then Minnesota. I think we're two and two on this. I'm like Matt. I have the the cards. Um, although I think it is a dangerous road ahead. They they can't really screw screw mm. up their remaining three games to get in. Um, but the Vikings don't have an easy walk in either. Like the Bears no. are a division game. They're gonna play them tight. The Saints are the Saints. Um, and then the Lions are a team that I never bet on because they tend to ups- upset teams a lot and they can put up points. Um, but I, I do have the Cardinals. Um, squeaking in, I think that they can go two and one in the, in their last three games. But they're they're going to be tested with a kind of newly revived Eagles team uh, with Jalen Hurts. But I think they'll beat the the Niners and then lose to the Rams. Yeah. We just discussed uh, week fourteen and our playoff predictions. We're gonna 
go with our new segment against the spread. So we have three games here that we're interested in. First game that uh, we're going to talk about is New England at Miami. The spread is currently set at Miami minus two and a half. Mikey, what do you have? Uh, I got the Finns. I think the Patriots kind of know their season's over. I think the Finns are uh, ready to go. They have a good, good well coached, and they have lots to play for. I'm on the Finns minus two and a half. Yeah, similar to Mikey, I'm on Miami minus two and a half as well. Uh, Miami's defense, as we saw last week with uh, Patrick Mahomes, three interceptions, they're dialed in, so I'm going with Miami minus two and a half. I agree with the boys here. Cam Newton can't throw a ball. Um, Miami stops the run since the cover two and a half. Yeah, unfortunately, it's unanimous. So all four of us are on it. That's also known as free money for you guys. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Or a trap game. We don't don't know. The next game that we're talking about, we might have some mixed opinions, is Seattle at Washington. So the, the spread is currently set at minus five for Seattle. Luca, why don't we start with you? Okay, we're going to go with Seattle to cut, cover five. Um, I think they're, they're starting to get hot. The defense is warming up. They stop Washington. I know Washington's defense is playing lights out. Um, Russ Russ plays better. He'll throw, throw it to the two weapons that they have there down in Seattle, and, and, they, and they cover the five. Uh, for me, I'm on Washington plus five. Uh, give me the points. I think it's going to be a, a, a tight game, but uh, I really like Washington's defense. They got two scores last week. It's a defense that can score. Even if Alex Smith doesn't play, they can rely on their defense to potentially even put up some points for them and also stop Seattle's offense. Um, so I'm on Washington. I'm on Seattle minus five. Um, I think Washington, I think Haskins ends up starting. I think they're down. They're due for a little bit of a letdown game. They've gotten two big wins recently against the Steelers and the, and the Niners. I'm on Seattle minus five. Luke? This is a statement game for Seattle. Do I think they're going to win? Yes. Do I think they're going to cover the spread? No. I've, I've got Washington at plus five. Two-two. Yeah. And the last spread that we're going to talk about is KC at New Orleans. The spread is currently set at minus 3.5 for the Chiefs. Uh, I'm on Kansas City to cover the the three and a half. Um, that offense hasn't been slowing down at all. Um, I think this is a game that KC can run away with. Yeah, I'm on uh, KC. Uh, I think the tape's out on Hill now. It's been two or three games. His weaknesses are getting exposed. This is actually my lock of the week. Uh, Chiefs minus three and a half. Yeah, I'm also taking the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes in, in that offense can just score too quickly. And Taysom Hill has been starting to regress, so I've got the Chiefs at minus 3.5. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with all the boys here. Casey to cover 3.5. Although Mahomes threw three interceptions, he bounces back with a, with a big game against the Saints. Casey cover, to cover 3.5. All right, now let's do the lock of the week. Camps, you mentioned that the Casey game is your lock of the week. Peo, who do you have? Uh, for me, I'm going with a, a Saturday game. I'm going with Buffalo minus six and a half over Denver. Uh, Buffalo came away with uh, the win on Sunday night there against the Steelers. I don't think Denver has what it takes to slow down Josh Allen and the high octane offense of Buffalo. Buffalo minus six and a half lock it in. I'm sticking with the Saturday night game. I'm going to go with Green Bay to uh, win and cover the spread of eight and a half. Um, yeah, it's a lock. I, I think Aaron Rodgers carves up the Carolina Panthers defense and uh, they win. Okay, my lock of the week, and it pains me to say this, but I think the Browns over the Giants at minus four. Um, I think the Browns office is humming right now, and I think the Giants people are high on uh, right now because they're winning over Seattle, which is why the spread isn't as high as it should be. Um, so I think the Browns are a lock at minus four against the, at the Giants.
Okay, our last segment of the week, we're going to take our hot takes. The boys, what are your hot takes? Mikey, I'll start with you. I'm going to go a little bit off the board here, and some, something we haven't talked about a lot, and it's Major League Baseball. Oh. Um, and my hot take of the week is the Toronto Blue Jays make two big offseason splashes. Uh, and I'm talking big. I'm thinking George Springer as a free agent, and they trade for Lindor. Uh, That'd be nice. A, yeah, I think I think Shapiro realizes this is is the time to make a move. They've got some good young pieces um, on good deals. I think Shapiro knows it's time. They have good pieces, good young pieces, and they're ready to make that next step. Um, so I could also see JT Ramuto uh, <laughs> or Trevor Bauer being signed. I just think they get two of those top names. Uh, that's my hot take of the week. Uh, my hot take. I'm going with it. I'm going hockey. Um, the Buffalo Sabres will make the playoffs this year. I like their additions. I like their offseason. Um, so I have them finally putting it all together and making the playoffs. The, that, the only saving grace they have is, is about fi- the season's going to be about 50 games. Yeah. <laughs> usually in first place about 30 games in and then they exactly, don't win a game. Yeah, they usually fall off after. Yeah. So, so they, could, that could, they could actually happen. Yeah. All right. So my hot take of the week. It's a famous day today. It's Tuesday. And I'm looking at you, Matt. You know what happens on Tuesday. The Bachelor airs every Tuesday. My hot take of the week is that Claire and Dale don't make it another three months. <laughs> is that a hot take? Just <laughs> the three month uh, period. Three months yeah, is it's pretty, it's that, pretty short. Yeah, I'm thinking like potentially tell all episode uh, where we're talking. You know, are we thinking three months since the season wraps up or three months since they've been together? Because this is delayed right i'm talking about three months to this day okay so the season wraps up i believe at the end of december next week yeah i'm thinking around february matt i I don't see claire and dale lasting i think dale's gonna wake up one day and just say oh shit i don't (laughs) what the fuck am i doing (laughs) yeah this this isn't a nightmare this is real life and i think he escapes the relationship okay my ears are bleeding (laughs) your hot hot take All right, guys, my hot take of the week, too. The Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the Rams will win out their regular season, and they will win the Super Bowl. They knocked off New England. They're going to win the Super wow. Bowl. Wow. That's bold. Oh. All right, folks, that wraps up episode two. Really appreciate you listening if you made it this far. Jill and the dog upstairs once again. Sorry for keeping you up late at night on a Tuesday, but... Me and Matt got to go watch The Bachelor, so we'll see you next week. And thank you for our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs>